Following a millennium of wonder and glory, the Dunhuang Magao complex faced a historical decline in the 13th century. After that, the complex was totally forgotten and buried under the sands of the Gobi Desert for hundreds of years. Before its glory faded away entirely, a unique cave was constructed. It left lots of puzzles which have raised great interest globally among scientists and researchers even today. Hi, welcome to a new episode of the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast. In this episode, we will bring you into Cave 465, one of the last caves built in the Magao complex. Unlike most caves, Cave 465 is located at the northern end of the complex, approximately a kilometre away from the other decorated caves. This cave is different from the others in many ways. Local people like to call it the Happy Cave, because it has murals with various images of male and female deities embracing each other, which, in the Buddhist sense, is extremely rare. You can also find historic inscriptions and graffiti in multiple languages like Chinese, Tibetan, Mongolian, ancient Uyghur, Tangut and Sanskrit, which makes the cave more mysterious. The stylistic uniqueness of Cave 465 is remarkable, not only at the Mogao site but also amongst the other cave temple complexes across the whole Dunhuang region, because the images here were depicted totally in the Tibetan form with strong influences from India and Nepal. Here you can find Buddhist iconography in an authentic Tibetan style called Vajrayana. Vajrayana literally means vehicle of thunderbolt. Also known as Tantric Buddhism, it is a special form of Buddhism developed in India and became very popular in other Himalayan regions. Although all the statues and most of the murals inside Cave 465 are missing now, the remaining paintings are still prominent. On the eastern wall, you can find the ancient Indian goddess who is regarded as a wisdom protector, an enlightened being. She was introduced to China around the 10th century and often appears in early Tibetan paintings. But the female deity in this cave has a totally different appearance compared to her previous images in the earlier Middle Tang period when she appeared as a peaceful noblewoman. Here in Cave 465, she is depicted in a wrathful form with a brown-coloured body, three eyes and four arms. She is riding a mule, holding a sword and a stick in her right hands, a skull cup and spear in her left hands. She also wears a skull crown and a garland made of 50 human heads. What a ferocious woman! Cave 465 is famous for various fierce images of multi-armed and multi-faced deities because Tantric Buddhism believes that only the most ferocious deities can get rid of the obstacles to enlightenment. They are deities to be adored as well as imitated. Among them, the most attractive ones are images of male deities embracing female deities. 
For example, if you take a look at the center of the northern wall, you will find a blue-colored male deity with three eyes, eight faces, and sixteen arms, is embracing a female deity and trampling on two devils. This kind of double body image is popular in Tibetan Buddhist art, but it is not lewd. The embracing deity couple is a metaphor of either the union of eternal bliss or wisdom and compassion. Such images are trying to evoke the male and female principles within the practitioner's own body. The two powers merge inside and help the practitioner to achieve self-deification or enlightenment by emptying one's own ego. Both deities hold up weapons in the image, which signifies that with united efforts, they will destroy evil emotions like misplaced pride, attachment, anger, ignorance, and worldly desire. So you see, this is not simply a hug; it means a lot. But you can also transfer it into modern language simply as "love conquers all." When was Cave 465 built and the murals created? This has long been a topic of controversy. In recent years, researchers from both China and overseas have been working together to identify the accurate date of the paintings. The work has involved various modern sciences and techniques, including astronomical imaging techniques, machine learning processes. Art history analysis and paleography. Because the cave has a high ceiling and remaining murals are so vulnerable and cannot afford to suffer any further damage, researchers have used automated 3D spectral imaging systems to conduct high-resolution imaging of the paintings. They studied the spectral signatures of the color pigments used at the time and dated the paintings to the late 12th or early 13th century. An interesting anecdote tells that when investigating the central ceiling of this cave, researchers found a mistake, probably made by local workers 800 years ago. The ceiling of Cave 465 is painted with the five celestial Buddhas. There is some faded writing, which was part of the consecration ritual, at the foot of each Buddha image. These were Sanskrit texts printed or stamped in cinnabar. Cinnabar is a kind of mineral which was used to create a red pigment. The text was written on a piece of paper and then pasted onto the ceiling. Analysis revealed that a sheet of paper on the west ceiling appeared to have been accidentally glued face down, as the letters have been flipped. The red writing was barely visible at all, but with the help of modern technology, the faded back-to-front text was identified as a Buddhist Sanskrit phrase, which can be translated as "All things arise from causes." Why was this piece of paper wrongly pasted? Perhaps it's just a careless mistake. Perhaps the workman applying it did not understand the Sanskrit language and failed to notice that all the letters were the wrong way round. Or possibly he did it deliberately to lighten his boring workday and as a joke on the meaning of the text. All things arise from causes. We will never know for sure. 
Also, by studying the evolution of writing over time, researchers identified that certain letters in the cave were written in a way that only appeared after the late 12th century, which is another piece of evidence about when the cave was built. Since the rediscovery of the Dunhuang Mugao complex in the late 19th century, generations of researchers have worked relentlessly to untangle the origins and meanings of the images and artifacts excavated at the complex. Exploration of Cave 465 alone is difficult enough, given the complexity of the remaining evidence, but Dunhuang's legacy is more than the caves, statues and murals. The Dunhuang manuscripts have also attracted world attention. So far, we've visited some of the most fascinating caves in the Dunhuang Mugao complex. Are we going to stop here? No, our exploration of Dunhuang is not ended yet. Next time, I will take you to see some of the priceless works of the Dunhuang manuscripts. These cultural jewels of human civilization will continue to tell the stories of Dunhuang, the largest Buddhist art gallery in the world. Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy and Sanliang Zhongdu for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you enjoy our audio journey of Dunhuang, do give us a five-star rating or a review and share with your friends. I'm Graham Stevens. See you on the next episode of the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast. <laughs>